Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Hi there, it's Claire here, your host of The Quickie. Look, we're taking a bit of a break at the minute, obviously, for the Chrissy New Year period, but we're going to be back with you with brand new episodes of The Quickie on January 13. In the meantime, we've updated some of this year's biggest stories from where we left them off last. One of the world's most enduring mysteries is the disappearance of then-toddler Madeleine McCann, who hasn't been seen since she was put to bed by her parents in their hotel room in Portugal back in 2007. Now, just this month, a former detective with the Portuguese police who was head of the country's missing children agency, Paulo Pereira Cristobal, who featured in a recent Netflix documentary about Maddie and who was a longtime critic of Kate and Jerry McCann, was sentenced to seven and a half years in prison after he was found to have played a role in illegal raids back in 2014, where police officers with false search warrants broke into homes and stole cash and valuables. Cristobal received money in return for giving his accomplices information about the victims. And this isn't the only time he's faced court. He was accused of torturing the mother and uncle of a missing girl. The pair saying they relented and signed a false confession that they had something to do with the girl's disappearance. Christabel wrote a book called The Star of Madeline that claims the toddler was dead and that Kate and Jerry McCann know what happened that night. And that is a question that many people still ask. When it comes to the disappearance of little Maddie McCann, did her parents play a role in her alleged death? In May this year, if she's still alive, Madeleine McCann would have turned 15 years old. It would be the 12th birthday that her parents, Kate and Jerry McCann, would mark without her at their home back in London. On May 3, 2007, Jerry and Kate were at dinner with friends just 55 metres away from their ground floor apartment. They were on holidays with friends in Priya de Luz in Portugal and had popped Madeleine and her two-year-old twin siblings to sleep in the room at around 8.30pm. After periodically checking on the children throughout the dinner, Kate went back to the room at 10pm to find Madeline wasn't in her bed. Despite reports of a man seen carrying a child towards the beach and other suspicious behaviour around children by men canvassing the area around the same time, Kate and Jerry were the subject of intense media scrutiny, which included baseless accusations and assumptions. They were labelled as bad parents for leaving their children alone, accused of accidentally poisoning their daughter, drugging her so she'd stay asleep, or of killing her because they were overwhelmed by having to look after three children, or selling her because they needed money. They were slammed for not reacting in a way distraught parents should, so showing that they must be guilty. They fought these accusations back then and continue to do so to this day. The facts are out there. We were dining very close to the children and we were checking on them very, very regularly. Um, You know, we are very responsible parents and we love our children so much and I think it's only a very few people that are actually um, criticising us. I have never heard before that uh, anyone considers us suspects in this and um, the Portuguese police certainly don't and 
um, without getting into too much detail uh, about the circumstances. We were with a large group of people um, and you know there is absolutely no way Kate and I are involved in this abduction. Author and journalist Anthony Summers and author Robin Swan, who are both Pulitzer Prize winners, spent two years researching the McCann story, writing the book Looking for Madeline. Anthony, Robin, what turned Kate and Jerry McCann from terrified parents we should feel sorry for into murder suspects? Well, in the summer of 2007, when the Portuguese police were becoming quite frustrated with their lack of progress on this case, they took up an offer from their British counterparts to bring in some highly trained British police dogs. And to put it in a nutshell, the dogs barked. And ever since those dogs barked, the world at large has tried to paint a picture in which that meant that Jerry and Kate McCann were somehow guilty of having been involved in their daughter's disappearance or their daughter's death. Now, subsequently, subsequent to the dogs barking, the police went on to conduct a formal forensic investigation of all the places in which the dogs had alerted. They scraped up evidence. And what they scraped up proved a number of things. A, it never established that there was ever any blood found in any of the locations that the dogs had barked at. B, that there was no evidence of any of the DNA of Madeline McCann ever found. And C, that there was no conclusive DNA of most of the McCann family ever found. There was a little bit of the DNA of Jerry McCann found in a very logical place on the keys of the rental car that the family had rented many weeks after Madeline disappeared. So it was all a bit of a red herring. But unfortunately, uh, the desperation of the police and the very, very poor press coverage at the time has never shifted. And, And that has caused years of continued focus on the parents as suspects that was wholly undeserved. It seems like Kate in particular has been seriously targeted in these allegations. What was it about her behaviours that they questioned and why was her behaviour questioned in a time where she would have been desperate and frantic and not in her right mind? How are you supposed to behave when your child disappears from the face of the earth very suddenly? Is there a script? Is there some handbook which tells you which way you're supposed to behave. I've seen a huge amount of footage now of Kate McCann, and since we wrote the book, we've met Kate McCann. Kate McCann seems, on meeting her for the purposes of the book, to be exactly what she is, a woman tense at times, doing her best to cope with questions and to cope with her entire situation. A woman who has effectively, without knowing that her daughter is dead, is effectively, in a way, bereaved. She's a woman who is a bit lost. I don't know what people are talking about, what they, how they expect her to behave. Same goes for Jerry McCann, her husband. And I might just add that I think there's a slight misogynism in, in some of the, the aspersions cast on Kate McCann, that there is some way, a perfect way to be a mother. And I think a lot of your listeners who know, who struggle with motherhood every day, and know the challenges that mothers face, know that each of us reacts slightly differently. We're individuals. Kate McCann's way might be to pull herself together and go out and face the world. Somebody else's way might be to crumble and know who's to say which way is right. A lot has been said about 
these 48 questions that Kate has allegedly never answered. And a lot of that seemed to focus in on her role as a mother, as you've just mentioned, and how there was suggestions that she, because both her and, and Jerry are or were doctors, that they might have accidentally poisoned their children because they wanted to put them to sleep so they could go out for dinner and that there was a lot of question about how she handled the immediate aftermath and who she told and that she'd contacted the media. And there's lots of questions about that behaviour in the aftermath. Has all of that been addressed? Because at the moment it looks like there's this big list of nearly 50 questions that she's avoiding the answer to, but that is that correct? No, it isn't. She was first on one day while the investigation was going on in Portugal. She was hugely questioned, questioned many, many dozens of questions by the Portuguese police. At the end of that day and before the questioning the next day, she learned that she was likely to be made an arguido, which is the Portuguese word for a formal suspect in a case. And she had, of course, by that time got a lawyer. And the lawyer said that when she was at the, the police station on, on the following day, if they launched into another series of questions, which were basically the same questions being repeated over, then she should not, in her new position as a formal suspect, that she should not answer them. So she didn't answer them. But there's no significant question that either of us learned of in the two and a half years we spent working on the book that indicates she's failed to answer any question satisfactorily. Another thing that seems to be brought up a bit at the moment is about the fund for Maddie's search. Now, this was set up in the weeks after her disappearance, and at some stage we're being told it had up to £4 million in a big benefactors, Richard Branson, J.K. Rowling, but there's no transparency in that fund and where that money has gone and how it's been spent. Is there anything suspicious going on with that or is this literally just they're using it to fight legal battles and awareness campaigns? What do we know about this fund and and should we be suspicious of it? Well, the fund was set up at the time not as a charitable organisation but as a limited company because that allowed them to use the funds for the search for one child. And, and help for one family. The legal advice the McCanns were given was that that was the only way to set up the organization. It files company paperwork. The figures are all accounted for in company's house in the UK. And as far as we know, aside from an early initial irregularity where, this, where the McCanns, in the very early days of the fund having been set up, used funds that they were that were donated to pay their mortgage on two occasions during a time they were spending all of their time searching for Madeline and not working. And that was perhaps a, a mistake on their part and, and a bad judgment. Aside from that, I know of no irregularities that exist. And I think there's a lot of smoke being blown at the McCanns, again, by people who have not really done the analysis, not really done the work, and and are trying to cast aspersions, picking up any thread they can to cast aspersions on a pair of people who are essentially the victims of either a terrible tragedy or a crime. So in your years of research that you guys have put in to this particular story, have you ever come across any reason why Jerry or Kate should be considered suspicious in the disappearance of their daughter? Not even a fragment 
of suspicion. That's not that we wouldn't accept it if there was such a piece of information. It is sensible when you start an investigation into the disappearance of a child that, or the actual death of a child, which of course has not occurred in this case. It is sensible for the police always to get straight first whether there's any indication that the parents have been involved in the disappearance. Why? Because statistics show many, many cases of a child disappearing or a child being killed are the responsibility of their parents. But no one in Portugal or England has ever found an iota of information to indicate that the parents were involved in in Madeleine's disappearance. I think it's important to say here that there are two current and ongoing police investigations, one in the UK and one in Portugal. And both of those police investigations have said clearly that the McCanns are not suspects in their daughter's disappearance. The only people for whom the McCanns are currently suspects are for the armchair fantasists and vigilantes who would like to be judge and jury in this case without a shred of physical evidence and are in their acts continuing to defame and libel libel the victims of a tragedy. There in Australia, you understand this better than almost any of us. You had your extraordinary case of the dingo baby in which a mother was accused, imprisoned for the disappearance and death of her child and later was proven to be innocent. You know, things like this, strange cases happen. They are hard to satisfy, but we're not talking about someone's you know, novel here. We're talking about people's real lives, people with children that are, you know, that they're trying to care for every day. And I think without any evidence that those parents did any wrong in relation to the disappearance of their child, these kind of grotesque conspiracy theories really should have no place. Since Maddie's disappearance, trolls have threatened to abduct the McCann's other children discussed calling in false leads to sabotage the case, set up anti-McCann websites, distributed leaflets around the McCann's hometown, relentlessly discussed their supposed guilt in forums and on social media platforms. News outlets have run headlines like Fine Body or McCann's Will Escape and McCann's or a Friend Must Be to Blame. The matter of their guilt is up to police. And as far as both the Portuguese authorities and their British counterparts are concerned, Jerry and Kate McCann are the loving parents of a little girl who they believe was most likely taken by a stranger on that night in May 2003. That's all for The Quickie today. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie. And thanks to Lauren for calling the pod phone to tell us how she feels about listening to The Quickie. Just calling to give some love to The Quickie. Um, I've listened to it all year. absolutely loved it. I think it's just grown my knowledge so much. Um, I feel like I'm so much more informed about what's going on in the world. Uh, and I'm getting involved in a lot of conversations I wouldn't have previously, which is really great with Christmas and New Year's coming up. Um, thanks for the fantastic work that you guys do, and I will keep listening. If you want to shoot us a message about anything good or bad on the phone, just give us a buzz. 02 899 9386.